Okay, good morning, everybody. Today is March 18th, Wednesday, and we're going to continue working on our research projects. So just an update, I'm going to push back the due date for the rough draft to the middle of next week, uh, probably more like Wednesday. Being that we're not in class together, I think we're going to have to kind of go through this a little more slowly and see how everybody is able to move along by doing the online classes and lessons. All right, so with that said, if you could please open up the document on Classroom for today's posting, and it's the one that was the same document from yesterday that says ICE Literary Analysis. However, this time I've added a new paragraph. So I'm trying to give you guys a model of how I would begin to write a lit analysis paper. I've shown you already the thesis statement that I was using as my model. I showed you yesterday an example of applying ice to a piece of text evidence and beginning to start to develop my body paragraphs. So the next body paragraph, if you scroll down in the document, I believe it's on the third page, you'll see that there's a new body paragraph and it says body paragraph two. So all I'm doing is taking the outline that I created in class. You may remember I posted that on Classroom last week showing you how I would put together an outline. So I'm just going through that outline and I'm using the text evidence in that outline one piece at a time to build out my essay. So this body paragraph you're going to notice is definitely longer than the one I showed you yesterday. and that's okay. When you're doing a lit analysis, your body paragraphs are going to probably at times be longer than others. And this one is also using a longer piece of text evidence, so that's also going to make it longer. So I'm going to read to you the example. Just kind of follow along with me. You can notice that, again, I'm using the color coding to kind of point out to you different parts of the body paragraph. So the yellow is my topic sentence. The green is my first part of using the acronym ICE, I'm introducing the quote where I'm giving context what's going on. The blue is me citing the quote and the purple is the analysis. So you'll notice that also with the text evidence, it is over five lines in length. So anytime you cite something in a research paper or a lit analysis paper for that matter, and it's over five lines, by MLA rules, anything, any piece of text evidence, any piece of text evidence that's five lines or longer, you need to indent in. Once you indent it in like the way I have done it, then you don't have to put in quotes. That only goes for when you're using text evidence that is five lines or longer. Um, and because it's such a big piece of text evidence, you'll notice that my introduction to the text evidence is a lot longer. Very often. The introduction to a piece of text evidence only needs to really be a sentence or so. But when you have a big piece of text evidence, you're going to have to probably provide more context to the reader before you can just jump into it. Okay, so I'm just going to read it, follow along, and then hopefully it gives you a good sense of how you can take a larger piece of text evidence, analyze it, and properly develop it out. Okay, so a fellow superego comes into conflict with his id in Act 3 of the play, when Iago begins to manipulate him into believing Desdemona is being unfaithful. Othello asks Iago in Act 3, Scene 3 if he has just seen Cassio walk away, 
To which Iago replies, Cassio, my lord? No, sure, I cannot think it, that he would steal away so guilty-like seeing you coming. Consequently, Iago planted the seed of suspicion by implying Cassio left out of guilt and fear at the sight of Othello's arrival. But what is he to be guilty about? Iago continues to explain how he's seen Cassio spending time with Desdemona as of late. Then after some back and forth with Othello, he admits he is suspicious of Cassio's lustful intentions with Othello's bride. But in spite of this, Othello defends Desdemona's honor. Exchange me for a goat when I shall turn the business of my soul to such explicate and blowed surmises, matching thy inference. Tis not to make me jealous, to say my wife is fair, feeds well, loves company, is free of speech, sings, plays, and dances. Where virtue is, these are more virtuous, nor from my own weak merits will I draw the smallest fear or doubt of her revolt. By Othello stating he would be not better than a goat if he questioned Desdemona's loyalty to him, he illustrates his ego is still in full control of his judgment. He admits she is beautiful and charming, which can come across perhaps as flirtatious, but he follows this point by saying these are the very qualities he fell in love with her for. Of course, Iago does not stop here. The psychological battle between Othello's ego and it is just beginning, and in time, Iago will rouse the primal nature of Othello's personality, personalities, id. All right, so that's my analysis. This is the example that I've used. Notice what's in purple is the part of the paragraph that is explaining to the reader the psychoanalytic lens of this piece of evidence and how it supports my point, right? I'm opening up, this is the part of my essay where I'm starting to show my first big point, which is that Othello at first is in a battle with his ego and his id, and the ego's in control at the early part of the play. So I'm giving the evidence to my audience of how the ego at first is in control, but is slowly being chipped away, and the id is being lured out by Iago. So I'm building that argument, and then I'm going to then show the same thing in the following paragraphs of how the same thing is happening to the narrator in. Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. So that's kind of how you have to slowly kind of build your argument with detail, build your argument like you're writing an argument essay, but you're using a, liter a literary lens to make your point. Okay, so I hope this was helpful. Um, if you have any questions, please shoot me an email. Uh, some of you have already done that, which is great. Don't hold back. I want to be able to be as helpful as possible. I am also available uh, to meet up with anyone in a video conference or an over-the-phone chat, whichever you prefer. If you'd like to do that sometime over the next day or two, just let me know what time you're available uh, during the 8 to 3 o'clock time period of the normal school day, and we'll set something up. It could be a quick 5 to 10-minute conversation, just to touch base, um, or if you prefer, we can continue doing it via email, whatever you're more comfortable with. All right, guys, so I hope you have a great day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.